Blog Talk Radio. Okay, Jackie. Uh Uh-huh. Hi, this is Ann McNeil, the master builder, helping to build stronger and better lives. And Blog Talk is having a little few technical difficulties today, but the show must go on. So Jada and Ursula, Jackie, uh, we're live on the air, and this is Network Talks, and we're talking today with Les Moore. Les Moore is sharing five factors to consider when starting a business, and I can personally say I had the opportunity of listening to Les Moore share with our Network members during a chapter meeting, and he was phenomenal. He was so phenomenal, we asked his permission to share that information on the air. And so if you would just buckle up, take this ride with us as we share on Now We Talks Radio, Les Moore, an awesome, awesome conversation, which we normally don't have for our small or large businesses as relates to accounting practices. So hang on and listen in. It's me great pleasure to welcome our guest speaker, guest presenter this morning, um, Mr. Les Moore. Les um, is the president and CEO of Moore CPA Taxes, Tax and Accounting Firm, and um, he's the company's founder who started his professional career in 1975 with the Latin Tush in their tax department, and his clients were small to medium-sized businesses and individuals in areas of tax planning, tax compliance, and accounting services. Following that stint with Dillot and Tush, he joined Unisys Corporation as an international tax analyst before leaving to start his own accounting firm which he later sold and relocated to Florida, where he joined um, the firm of Growing Company in Boca Raton and remained there until 2004, when the company underwent an organizational change. Um, having left, he started his own business, but he continued his relationship with um, Grow as a consultant for tax services. Um, Les holds a CPA license in Florida, and he has his Master of Taxation degree and a Master of Certificate Specialization in Entrepreneurship from Nova Southeastern University. As part of his commitment toward providing clients with the most current tax law information, he maintains a membership in both the American and Florida Institute of Certified Public Accountants and National Society of Tax Professionals. He also attends various seminars throughout the years in order to stay abreast with current tax and accounting developments. Les also is very involved in civic duty and he, um, he actually trains kids 
in soccer, I think he has probably over 150 kids who he works with, among other civic duties. So it is my great pleasure to welcome Mr. Lesmore. Take it from me, Les. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. That was a nice introduction. Thank you, Esther. Good morning, ladies. And, and thank you for um, inviting me to be part of your meeting this morning. Um, as I look to share with you um, how to start a business in Florida primarily, but you know, whether it's Florida or any, any um, would it be Florida or any state, the ideas are the same. It's just about the local side of it, what you do differently, but federal-wise, national-wise, the process is the same. So, um, you know, many of you are small business owner, I presume, or looking to be small business owners. And, you know, most time as small business owners, and minorities, we just don't get the proper um, information on how to start businesses. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do. You know, I, I graduated from college. I started out at Deloitte. Well, before going to college, I actually started my tax career at H&R Block, um, which is what led me to taxation because I was an accounting major and discovered taxes and got really excited and never looked back. And I ended up at Deloitte back in the 80s, um, as when everyone said, oh, there's no way you could get into Deloitte because they never hired directly into the tax department. Well, I, I changed that. So while I was at Deloitte, I realized that, um, you know, small business like myself and you could not afford a company like Deloitte to do their accounting and taxes because unless you have like $100,000 or more in accounting fees, you just would even get looked at. And that goes for Pricewaterhouse, PriceCoopers, and the rest of those big firms, and even some of those medium-sized firms that are out there, like, um, um, I went blank on the other one, but I'll come back to it, um, which my daughter works for, um, McGladry. You know, even, even a firm which is more like a national, those are expensive. So I decided I wanted to create my own business, start my own business by putting together a H&R block, but not at that lower end and a Deloitte. So I find that middle ground where I could create a firm that catered to small business, um, small, primarily minority business, but any small business really. And it has brought me success. Um, I started out in Philadelphia, you know, I was in Unisys and they laid off 3000 people. Um, and I was one of those 3000 and I walked out of there and started my business the same day. Um, and never looked back and it's been 30 plus years and I'm still doing it. And every one of my friends who I graduated told me I've lost my mind because the big firms are gonna eat me alive. Well, I've never been hungry one day to this day. And the big firm have not eaten me alive. I've, as a matter of fact, I have been able to, to, to bring clients from big firm into my, into my company because of the, the service they get, the, the attention that I pay to them, 
and they're not just paying big fees and never know who the person they're working with. So with that said, I will move into the topic, okay? So starting a business, first you need to have an idea. Uh, you know, we all know that we need to have an idea and decide, you know, what, how we want to approach it. But, but so let's say we get all the business plan together. We know what our ideas are. The next step is registering your business. Because most cases, most people start a business and they don't register it. Okay, because everyone, you can start a business and don't register it. And you can be a sole proprietorship, just, you know, word of mouth, put some advertising out there on social media, especially in these days, and start a business and it's not registered. Because as a sole proprietorship, you don't have to be registered. You can be a consultant and just start a business as long as you pay your taxes and file your tax returns, it doesn't matter. But the issue with starting a business as a sole proprietorship, it comes with a lot of risk. And there's no protection for you if, if you do it like that. So the five factors that you need to consider when starting a business before you even choose the type of entity that you'd like to, you would like to, um, to, to, to start with you have to look at liability, and that's always the number one concern, legal liability. And that's where most people get in trouble most times because they never think of the protection. And when you're in a high-risk environment, say a doctor or, or someone with deep pockets, you have to protect yourself or you have significant assets before you start your business. So you have to look at the legal liability implications of starting. Um, you know, otherwise you find yourself down the road doing it and something comes up, you get sued and you have no protection and you're scrambling, trying to find lawyers, paying a lot of fees, trying to protect you, which is too late in most cases. Okay, so legal liability is the number one thing you must look at before you start a business. How much liability do I, do I have? And even if your liability is minimal, you still need to protect yourself because you just don't know, okay? Um, it, it's cheaper to do it early and to try to find a lawyer after something happened. And in most cases, it's too late because if you start moving assets around to protect yourself, then it becomes an illegal transaction and then it becomes costly and painful. The next, the, the second thing that you need to think about is tax implication. You know, what are my taxes going to look like when I start a business? What type of entity do I need to consider? You know, how does it affect uh, my personal tax returns? Um, you know, what kind of tax rate? I'm, um, yeah, what kind of tax rate I'm going to have? So you have to look at, which is everybody concerns these days is I don't want to pay a lot of taxes. So therefore, you need to find a business that minimizes taxation, allows you to do tax planning, um, and 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 to to be able to to pay for expenses and to to be able to reduce your taxes, um, employee benefits, that type of stuff. So tax implication is very important. So those are the two top things that you need to consider. Then you need to look at the cost of starting the business. 
you know, what is it going to cost me to get the business going and the record keeping? And, and, and you have to look into those because you don't want to get into something that you don't have the capital to do it. And you get halfway through and you have to shut it down. Like some builders out there, you see, start a project, start building a shopping center, and one third way through, they have to shut it down because they never think of the capital needed to, to finish the project. And there's a lot of those out there around the country. The next thing you need is flexibility. You need to choose an entity that gives you flexibility. Um, you know, be in, and flexibility in terms of how you handle um, the funds coming in and out of the business. And not all business give you that flexibility, and we'll get into that as we get a little bit further in the presentation. So you, you, you definitely need some flexibility, okay? And the next, the next thing, your future needs. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, when you start your business, you want to look down the road off expanding your business and how will the business help you if you do X, Y, Z down the road. So you have to think about the future. You can't just, um, just start and not think about where am I going to go from here? You know, this is step one, but five years down the road, where am I going to be? What am I going to do? Because, you know, when I started out my business, you know, I walked out of UNICEF and started my business with one client, one finger client, and that was back in 1990, paying me $50 a month for bookkeeping. And everybody really thought I lost my mind. But guess what? I built that business to 400 plus clients and sold it to the same keeper that taught me how to do taxes, H&R Block, and, and head off to Florida. That's how I end up here in Florida, you know, because H&R Block was inspirational in what I did and you know, the same regional director who was overseeing my, 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 my division is the same people that showed up at my office to do the due diligence when I sold my business to them. So don't listen to the naysayers that say you can't do something, okay? I'm here to tell the story every day, okay? And, you know, I, if I had to look back again, I would, have, I would do the same thing today that I did 30 plus years ago, okay? All right, so next we're gonna talk about registering your business. So if you're in the state of Florida, uh, once you decide which direction you wanna go and what, and what gives you the best legal protection, uh, next slide please, yes. You know, before you register, you have to decide which type of business structure you want to form. And the, and the, and the it's either an LLC, a corporation, a partnership, or a proprietorship. As I said before, sole proprietorship are easy to form, okay? Very much easy to form. Um, partnerships also easy to form. A sole proprietorship is one person. It just takes you. A partnership, there are to be two people, okay? The issues with those two entities, continuation, if something was to happen to you, becomes a problem, okay? It's hard to continue those business because for a partnership, you need two people. So if one person dies, your partnership automatically um, liquidates at that time, okay? A sole proprietorship, same thing. You know, it's hard to continue or 
to have somebody just step in and take over. So it, uh, it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility. And the tax implication of those are also not the best way to go, and I will get more into that. So your two choices, your two best choice when forming a business is either whether you want to be an LLC or a corporation, okay? Uh, with an LLC, the, your name ends with the word LLC, your business names. With a corporation, it can end with the word corporation or INC, okay? But that determines whether, you are, what, whether you're an LLC, a limited liability company, or a corporation, okay, depending on how the name of your business ends. So once you decide the structure you want to set up, you register with the state. And in, um, um, in Florida, you go to sunbiz.org if you know how to do it yourself, or you find an attorney, or you find a CPA who's competent in setting up this kind of stuff, okay? So, you, you know, once you register with Sunbiz, you register your name, but first you have to make sure the name that you're registering um, does not, not be used by someone else. And you can do that by going to sunbiz.org and, and do a name search and see what, if they're similar names to you or exact name. And if the name is similar, the state will come back and tell you you have to do, make a slight adjustment. So a lot of times when you do that and something come back, I will add like a Florida or you know, instead of using the word services, you use the word group. There are different ways to fix the name and keep your main, your main name together. So once you do that, and the, the state basically decide to, to register you, incorporate you. It, for LLC, you'd file what is called an article of organization. For a corporation, you'd file an article of incorporation. Okay, so there terminologies, they mean the same. Once the state grants you the status, then the next step is for you to determine your tax status. Now, this is where it becomes confusing. You know, I get clients all the time come and say, hey, I register a business and I'm an S-Corp. You're not an S-Corp by registering with the state. You only can be one of two things. You can either be an LLC a, or a corporation. You have no tax status at that point until you decide which, how you want to be taxed. Now, you can also register a fictitious name, which is, have no protection whatsoever, which is what most sole proprietorship do. They register a fictitious name, but it gives you no protection and it doesn't stop anyone from taking your name away. A sole proprietorship, you, if you go in and look at fictitious names, you can find 10 businesses in your same community with the same name and it doesn't matter. The only way you protect your name and nobody else can use it is through an LLC or a corporation. Okay? So once you get one of those status, the next thing is to determine your tax status. Now, we'll start with LLC because these days those are the most popular. And there's two types of LLC. You can be a single member LLC or you can be a multi-member LLC. A single member LLC it's just like a sole proprietorship with protection. That's the only difference. So you would file, if anyone's familiar with being a sole proprietor, you'd file a Schedule C and a 1040, okay? So that's your status. So the, if you want to get around, if you're a, sing, if you're a single member LLC, 
and you want to get around being a sole proprietorship, the thing that you have to do is to make an election to be either a corporation, a C corporation, or an S corporation. Okay? And the most popular and the most beneficial and the most flexible between the C and the S corp is the S corporation. So the way I get around getting my clients who are a single member LLC to become a, an entity and get away from being a sole proprietorship is to elect to be an S corporation. And in order to do that, you have to file a form with the IRS and the IRS does to approve it and give you S corporation status. Okay. Now, in, and I'll come back to that and address that a little bit more. In a, in a LLC, as I said before, you can be a single member or a multi-member. If you're a single member, you're a sole proprietorship. If you're a multi-member, your other option, you can be a partnership. Okay? Partnership taxation is not very, is not the most, um, the best tax structure. Because a partnership pay taxes on their entire net profit. It passes through to the owner, but in addition to that, because you're the working person in the business or working partners, you also have to pay social security taxes on your entire business um, profit, on the entire business profit, just like a sole proprietorship. And those are, that's one of the big tax disadvantage of being a sole proprietorship in a partnership, because the income that flows through to, in your personal return for tax purposes is subject to two levels of taxation, federal income tax and Social Security and Medicare taxes. And the way to get around that is to become a S corporation where you control your taxation. That's where the flexibility comes into play, okay? It, it, let's say you have a business and you made $200,000, okay? But I don't wanna pay taxes on $200,000, so you pay yourself a salary let's say half of that, okay? And that's where that S corporation gives you that flexibility and only the portion in, that you pay your salary is subject to Social Security Medicare taxes. The rest of the profit is only subject to federal income taxes and that's where that type of entity becomes tax, ad, tax ad, advantageous and flexible. In a in a sole proprietorship, you'd pay Social Security taxes up to the maximum, and, and, and the partnership would be the same, okay? Now, if, because there are multiple partners in a partnership, you make $200,000, then the whole 200000 would be subject to Social Security at approximately 15.3%. So you'd be saving 15.3% by having an S-Corp versus a partnership versus a sole proprietorship by the way you manage and the salary structure that you set for yourself and, and, and the flexibility that the S corporation gives you um, in terms of um, what is taxed and how, how, the, how the money flows. And so also in an S corporation, you can have up to a hundred shareholders, okay? Um, there's no taxation at the corporate level all profits pass through to you, the shareholder. And that's where that flexibility and it's all about tax planning. So it gives you the flexibility to tax plan. Now let me also go back and say something about a limited liability company. 
one of the legal protection that you get from a limited liability company is limited liability. But in addition to that, a limited liability company for members only, there's no stock, okay? So because there's no stock, um, a creditor who you have a problem with cannot jump in and join your, your limited liability because there's no stock for them to petition the court to get. It's for members only. And if you're not a member, you can't be a part of it. And that's where the limited, what, what made the limited liability company popular starting back in the, the late 80s um, until now and get more and more popular each year. You know, it's rare that you see somebody setting up a business and is doing a corporation or anything else other than an LLC. And if they did, they did it themselves and they didn't know what to do. Okay, but if you make that mistake, you can also convert from a corporation to an LLC. Those options are also available. But that's one of the key distinctions between a corporation and an LLC. In a corporation, the and when I say corporation, I mean a C corporation, because if you're an LLC and you elect to be an S corp, it doesn't make you a corporation where where um, where creditors can join. It takes away that because the LLC overrules the tax status, okay? It's the way you set up with the state that matters. In a, in a C corporation, in a corporation, creditors can petition the court to, to, to own your stock and become um, one of your, your, your shareholders. And that wouldn't be good because they could basically run your company, okay? They, they could become the major shareholder with more than 51% and run your company. So, you know, with all that being said, you know, the best status for you to use is being an S corporation, be an LLC, the flexibility and the things we talked about, um, the tax implications, the liability protection, uh, the cost and maintenance, very inexpensive. To set up an LLC in, in Florida is a $138.75. That's what it costs for registering a, a, a LLC in the state of Florida. And then each year, um, $125, pardon me, let me back up, $125 to set it up. And then each year you have to renew your registration, and then that registration cost is $138.75 to, to register your company each year. So, um, now, I'll touch on C-Corp a little bit. I talked about sole proprietorship and, and partnership. C-Corp, there's no limit on shareholders. But the big issue with, with um, C-Corporation is double taxation. There's no flexibility in taking the money from your, your, your own business using a C-Corporation. And the only way you can take money out of your business is through salary or dividends. Okay, the big disadvantage, if you take it as a dividend, it's not, it's not a tax deduction. So the money you're taking, you're paying taxes on it. You take a salary, you pay taxes on it. So that's where that double taxation comes in, because you can either take salary or dividend. The more salary you take, the more Social Security taxes you pay, the more Medicare taxes you pay. As an S corporation, you can take a dividend, but it's not subject to taxation 
for Social Security or S-Corp purposes. And that's where that flexibility comes in again. So you take a salary, and you can also take a dividend, which we call a distribution of profits. Same thing in the C-Corp. C-Corp is a distribution of profits, otherwise called a dividend. And in an S-Corp, that is not subject to Social Security Medicare taxes. In a C-Corp, it would not be a tax deduction, so therefore you're paying taxes on it in the corporation. And those are the differences you'll find between limited liability, partnership, S-Corp, C-Corp, sole proprietorship. Um, you know, if you need to know more, I'd be glad to discuss with anyone who's interested. Also on my, on my website, there are various articles. You can also subscribe to my monthly newsletters and you'll get a lot of tax information each month, um, updates and different things regarding you know, your tax issues. Okay. Is, is there any question on any of the things? Does, does anybody want to ask a question or have any concern or anything you heard that you've been waiting to get an answer to? I'd be glad to answer that. Hi, this is Aida. Yes, ma'am. Question about the, the form that you need to complete for the IRS. Yes. Does that form, do you have to put in what the salary will be on that no. form? Now, this is a simple form. It's a form okay. 2553. Okay, okay, 2553. And it basically asks for the name of the, 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 the organization. Um, the, okay, let me back up one step I missed, even though it's in the notes. After receiving your, your, your registration from the state, you have to get a federal tax ID number, which is an EIN, mm -hmm. okay, because that's important. Just like our social, the IRS only knows us by that number. And we'll only know your business by that number. So uh, back to the 2553 asks you basically for your name, the business name, address, tax ID number, when the business was formed, where it was formed, and when do you want your S corporation status to be effective? And that's the more technical part of it if you don't understand how to do it, because you have to know, you know, where when it needs to be effective. If you, if you file this right away when you set up a business, it's effective as of the date the, 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 the Florida gives you your status. If you, if you have up to 75 days to file that form and, and make it retroactive to the day when the IRS, um, I mean, the state grant you your status. After 75 days, you can still get that status retroactive but that comes on the various exceptions of the tax code. And you'd have to know that in order to be able to do that. So, you, you know, you can do it, but you gotta be certain what are you putting on the form. And the main thing is the effective date of the escort. But the rest of it is pretty simple, straightforward, other than the effective date. Okay, okay? thank you. Any other questions? Well, we're at the portion of our show where uh, there are uh, questions, and because this was a uh, pre-recorded show, we're going to be back on next week for part two. Some of the questions that you're going to hear are probably questions that you're probably wondering about yourself. So be sure to join us back again next week. We do want to thank all of our listeners 
for tuning in this morning. And once again, we do apologize for the uh, brief technical difficulties we had at the beginning. But thank you for hanging in there. I think you will agree with me that this has been very informative. Again, even if you've already started your business, you've had an opportunity to just kind of review and reassess whether or not you've got the right structure, whether or not you've got the right work processes in place. So, again, this has been very, very good, but you're going to hear more uh, next week when we come back with less more on uh, Part 2. And right now we'd like to just let you listen to uh, a little brief commercial, and we'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Ann McNeil, the master builder, building stronger and better lives and businesses, and by PepsiCo Frito-Lay Company, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world, and by J. Perry and Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. If you're joining us online, be sure to visit their websites, which are listed in the online description for this week's show. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages for NABWIC Talks, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 or email blogtalk at nabwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash nabwick. Thank you, and we're back. Thank you again for listening. And once again, if you are interested in advertising on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to uh, contact us. You can email us at blogtalk at uh, I'm sorry, blogtalk at nabwick dot org. Uh, once again, we want to thank everybody for listening, and do come back. Next week, 8.30 a.m., same Blog Talk channel, and we will hear more from Less More, Part 2, Five Factors. He'll be continuing on those factors for starting your business. Have a great Wednesday. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.